look, I've only got a few minutes, so let me just encourage you this morning. Last week we spoke on uh, the parable of the seed that falls on good ground. Uh, the seed that falls on stony ground and, and thorny ground and, and how God wants you to produce fruit. God wants you to be fruitful. Paul said you, he wants you to be fruitful in your finances. I guarantee, aim into that. And the reason he wants you to be fruitful in your finances is to be able to bless. To bless people, to give when you see people in need, to give when the church... It's fruitfulness, right? And I know we don't talk much about it because it's prosperity and we don't preach the prosperity message here. But we do believe that God gives you an ability to produce seed, right? And that's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, right? God enables you to get more seed when you give and you sow out your seeds in people's lives and in the church, he gives you an ability to create more, to be blessed more, so you can do more and be more generous. And so he wants you to be fruitful. And last week we spoke, just put that scripture up please, John 15, 8. And we spoke about how to, you know, at the struggles and the troubles between each soil and how God, how you can move from one soil to another if you just cultivate the soil. Your heart is the soil. The seed is the word of God and it wants to find good soil. And then you've got the cares of this world, the pleasures of this world, the worries of this world will come along and choke out the word of God. You do not want the word of God to be choked by worries and circumstances. What you need to do, we spoke about last week, is you need that word to flourish within your heart and to believe it to walk in it by faith, to claim the promises of God. That's the key, because we spoke about that everything the Bible, the Bible says that everything shall pass away. Everything, except the Word of God. Except the Word of God. And you who believe in the Word of God, who trust the Word of God, who have the Word of God in their hearts, who believe in Jesus, the Word that became flesh. We believe in the word of God that became flesh. Therefore, when this world perishes and everything goes away, we do not perish. Why? Because in our hearts, there's this incorruptible word of God that gives us eternal life. And I want you to just, you know, this week, I just want to just recap on what we spoke about last week on how important it is for you to find that word and when that word that you hear it with your ears and it comes into your heart to cherish the word flourish in the word meditate on the word believe the word claim the word the promises of god this bible which is in my ipad which is amazing it's in your ipad ain't eh? does anyone carry real bibles anymore one Two, sign of the times, old school. Uh, you know, it's, it's in that Bible, right? The Word of God is just everything that you need to live a godly life is in that book. Everything that you need to know about eternity is in that book. Everything that you need to know about freedom and walking in holiness is in that book. Everything that you need to live a godly life in this world is in that book. If you're anxious, you reckon anxiety is in that book? 
Absolutely it's in that book. Be anxious for nothing but all things through prayer and supplication. If you're anxious about things, there's a Bible verse that says, cast your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. There's all these verses of Scripture. It's relevant for the time. The Word of God is relevant for the time. If I'm suffering from anxiety and because it's coming from the world, we talked about it last week, the pressures of the world, the circumstances and the fears, you're not going to have enough money. You're not going to be able to pay your mortgage. You're going to be made redundant. All these fears and cares coming from the world. And anxiety comes upon us, right? Because we're anxious. Oh, man. You start to take your eyes off Jesus, off the Word, and now onto the circumstance around you. And you're like looking this way and that way. And what are we going to do if we lose your job? Or what are we going to do? Listen, get something out of the Bible that says that God has never seen the righteous forsaken nor hear their children begging for bread. All of a sudden, you take the focus off your circumstances and then onto the Word of God. Lord, I know what it's. Ha- I know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling this, but you say to cast my cares upon you. Lord, I, pr- I lift up this situation to you and I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, you, you will come according to your word, your promises, Lord, let them come into my life. Lord, and then all of a sudden, the word starts to flourish in your heart. You are no longer anxious because you, you look to the rock that's higher than me. You look to the one who's an anchor to your soul and you say, Lord, your word will flourish. Your promises are yes and amen in Christ. Yes and amen. And so therefore, we will find a good place for the word of God. And that's anxiety. Like, you know, people suffer from depression nowadays, right? Heaps of depression. Is the Bible saying anything about depression? Mate, put on the spirit of praise for the garment of heaviness. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your head. So when you're feeling heavy, what does the Bible say? Put on a garment of praise. My flesh and my mind feel down and depressed, but I will put on a garment of praise. I will lift up the name of Jesus. I will praise and seek his face. I will guarantee you it will lift. It will lift because now you're no longer in the darkness and holding yourself in this darkness. You've lifted up. You've seen the light. You've seen the joy of your salvation and everything that comes from God. And you start to move and it starts to lift. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. Do you know the Word of God? If there's everything or anything in your life, in your situation, it's in the Bible. You will find an answer, guaranteed. But do you know it? Do you know it? Do you meditate on it? Do you read it daily? Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is the bread of life. The word is your bread. You read it every day. You meditate upon it every day. You read it. You live it. You think about it. During the day, you think about it. You have little plaques and little cards that give you memory verses that you, you memorize and you think about them and you meditate each one verse a day. For God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. When you're feeling fear, right? 
You claim in the words of God and it's the sword of the Spirit and you're ripping down the fiery, the fiery darts of the enemy that are coming on the you fearful man. You, you, you're so fear, you're so bound, you can't speak, you can't talk about people with Jesus and then you're just thinking, oh no, no, hang on a sec. The Bible says that God did not give me a spirit of fear but of love, power and a sound mind. I'm going to meditate upon that this day because fear is trying to come upon me. God did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me love, power, sound mind. God did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me love. He gave me love, power, sound mind, power, sound mind, love. Fear is no longer a part of my life. Do not be dismayed for our God is mighty. Do not fear for your God is with you. All these verses start to come and they flood your being. I guarantee you within a couple of minutes, you aren't fearful. You're full of power. You're full of boldness because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. What is it this morning that you are struggling with? What are you struggling with this morning? Is there a verse of scripture with the struggles that you have that you could find in the Bible that you can meditate upon and see the victory and claim that word of God? And like we said last week, that that word that is for you specifically, right? Because we all have specific things going on in our lives. There is a weakness in our lives. Look, God, what God does, and you know it and I know it for those that have been saved, we come to Jesus and all these sins just fall off. Marlon got a testimony a few weeks ago. He used to be a really bad swearer. All of a sudden, he stopped swearing. He goes, I don't know how. Right? Things just drop off your life, right? They fall off your life. And it's like, man, I'm a new creation. I'm born again. But there are things that don't fall off your life. And I was reading C.S. Lewis and the sin that, that he struggled with. He said it perplexed him. Great theologian, right? C.S. Lewis. He said, I couldn't understand it. He said, God had delivered me from all these sins except this one. And he goes, For, throughout his whole life, he struggled with this thing and he couldn't work out why. Can I tell you that every one of us has these things in our lives, sin, that almost like, God, why? You can deliver me just like that. Why have you left them there? And I... I was asking the Lord that question. I said, Lord, I've got these things. I'm not, even though I'm a pastor, I still struggle. I've still got weaknesses. And you do as well. And there's sometimes they trip you up. The Bible calls it the sin that easily entangles. The one that you fall into all the time. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you are almighty God. Why is this area not dealt with? And you know, I felt the Lord... He gave me this scripture from Judges. When you read Judges, it's this cycle where God, Israel sins, goes into idol worshipping, God raises up a judge and delivers them. And they go through this cycle, right, all the time. And then in chapter 3, it says when Joshua died, he says he did not remove all the enemies from the land. And do you know why it said he, did, he left some in there? To teach the next generation warfare. And then when the Lord showed me that scripture, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Why, Louie, that sin, if I've left that sin there, it's to train you in righteousness. It's to teach you warfare. It's to teach you self-control. It's to teach you that, that Louie, do you love God? 
more than this? Do you love righteousness more than this? And then you struggle through that sin continually. And it's almost like God is teaching you righteousness. He's teaching you how to love God. He's teaching you that holiness is better than wickedness. Good is better than bad. And if there's a desire there for you to go into that sin, then you've not been made complete. He's trying to make you and me transforming us, changing us into the likeness of Jesus. And let me tell you, Jesus was holy. Jesus loved the Father, loved everything about it, because there is something in us, right, that we are not created to sin. We're not created to sin. We weren't created in sin, were we? We were created in holiness. God, who is holy created Adam and Eve to be holy, to love goodness and kindness, to love one another. There was this amazing beauty between them. They were completely naked and pure. Sin wasn't in the garden. We were not created to sin. We were created to be like God. In the image of God, he created us to be holy, to walk with him. And so everything that you and I go through and the sin that so easily entangles, he's trying to get us back to go, Louis, 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 righteous living brings up better fruit than wickedness. Who agrees with that? Of course you do. At that moment when that sin so easily entangles is when you should realise what's going on. The fact that that temptation that the enemy is coming and and God's left it there to make you want to do right and want you to say, you know what, in the name of Jesus, Father, I can see that coming and I can see the temptation, but you know what, I want to have the fruit of righteousness in my life. The fruit of righteousness that brings joy, peace, and if you do it for long enough, eternal life. It's something that we hardly ever talk about, the fruit of holiness and righteousness. But that's exactly what God is trying to get us to be. He that began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. What's he trying to complete? Your love for righteousness. Your love for joy. Your love for the things of God. We spoke about it yesterday. The DNA that's in your life right now, the DNA of the seed, the word of God, in amongst that seed, right in the middle of the seed, that big tree is holiness. It's righteousness. You cannot, I can't say to you, oh, the grace of God's okay, Louis. It's not right. You cannot use the grace of God as a license to sin. It's too easy, right? That's not what Jesus died for. Jesus died to set you free from that. Yes, he knows that you might stumble and fall on the way through, but as you're going, as you're going, as you're going, he's going, he's working in you. He's saying, Louis, come on. You know, I've left that in your life so he can train you for righteousness. Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than this? Yes, we do. And we've allowed the Lord... I'll get the band to come up. We have allowed the Lord... When we gave our lives to Jesus, we gave him permission. We gave him permission to make us these people, to restore us into the image of Christ. And you might want to fight and turn around and, 
and enjoy the things of this world, but it's not going to, you'll be always in conflict. A Christian who calls himself a Jesus, a believer, and still lives in the world, right, will have completely, complete conflict. That will bring depression alone. The fact that you know the kind of right life you should be living, God has given you the word of God to live that way. He has given you his spirit. He's given you power to live that way, and you're not living that way. I'm telling you, that's the worst place to be in. It's the worst place to be in because you're getting convicted, then condemnation, and if you don't repent and produce the fruit of repentance and you stay in it, you'll be completely like, that will bring depression on. And when what happens is when you start to repent and say, Lord, you know what? I've lived my life and it's not right. I'm not living the right life. Therefore, I repent. I turn away. Forgive me. I say, help me. And then God forgives you. He's so gracious. He's so kind. Because that's what the grace of God is supposed to do. Enable you to get back up and say, Lord, you know what? Now I'm living for righteousness. And Lord, when that sin that so easily entangles, when that sin that comes up in the, in, in the future, the one that you've left to test me, to, to encourage, to be righteous, when that comes up Lord I want to choose you I want to choose life sin brings death righteousness brings life when you're about to sin say that to yourself and tell me if you're going to keep sinning the very sin that I'm about to partake in is going to bring death what do you want Louis do you want death or do you want life thinking you know what I want life I want peace. I want joy. I want abundance and goodness and kindness and God and righteousness and holiness brings that. And the enemy deceives us by saying, oh no, it's better to do bad because the world's having all the fun, right? The world's deception. It's a deception. It's a deception. It's just trying to get your mind and your heart out of the things of God that bring life. And because Satan is smart, he just wants to get you into his realm. You don't want to go there. You've been there. And God has delivered you. And so this morning, I hope you're encouraged to just be the people God's called you to be and just love his word, obey his word. Meditate on His Word. Let it come into your life. Meditate on the promises of God. Claim all the promises of God every day. There's a promise for you every day. When I said to you, meditate on those verses, why don't you meditate on the promises of God? Paul said one today that it says, it's yes and amen in Christ. When you pray, if you believe you received, you'll get what you've asked for. If you're believing by faith, believe that. Get that into your life about the promises of God. Lord, you promise that me and my household will be saved. You, are, Lord, you said these kids that have gone astray are believing in the name of Jesus because there's authority in the name of Jesus. There's promises in the name of Jesus that my children, because they've been brought up in the things of God, the Word of God's in their life, I'm claiming them for the kingdom. Lord, I'm believing and you do not give him rest. Don't give him any rest because God says it. Don't give him any rest, right? Be like the persistent widow.
that bug you? Bugs God too, but you know what? He says, you know what? This guy has not. He, this, the whole parable is about, you know. Oh, just go on in. You know what? Louis, I've had you pestering me at my door all day long for this prayer request. Okay, go. Done. Woohoo. Thank you, Jesus. That's the kind of tenacity you want. That's the kind of tenacity you want for your kids. That's the kind of tenacity you want for yourself. If you see that that sin that so easily entangles is getting overwhelming, use the promise, Father, you said that you will give me the power to live a godly life. And that's what I'm believing for in Jesus' name. Let's stand up this morning.